I'm Alka Cleaver, and you're listening to Best Friends for Life. Welcome back, everyone. I'm so happy to be back here. I apologize for the lack of consistency and the release of the episode coming later than probably expected. I should have shared this sooner. Baruch Hashem, we are expecting a child very soon. And uh, there have been some bumps in the road along the way. Baruch Hashem, everything is good. Everything should be healthy. Um, but it's kind of thrown me for a loop. Um, but you've been in my, all of you have been on my mind. And I'm still loving and enjoying the feedback. So please keep it coming. And I'm so excited about this community that we've created. And I definitely want to keep building on it. So at the end, we're going to discuss some of the scheduling moving forward for the podcast. But until then, let's dig in and let's try to maximize the time we have to learn, to grow, and uh, hopefully to connect over this beautiful idea of working on our marriages. Before we get started, I just want to wish everyone a happy, happy Hanukkah. I hope it's been filled with laughter and joy and good times. I know for me, it has been Baruch Hashem mixed with some sadness because we know that Am Yisrael is not where we want it to be in terms of safety and security, and unfortunately the losses that we've incurred um, amongst Kla Yisrael are very heavy on our hearts, and we can continue, and we should continue having them in mind, the Chayalim, that they should all be safe, and we should see Nisim and Yeshuos speedily. And don't underestimate the power of you working on your Shalom bias. So, kalakavo to you. So today I want to talk about compromise in marriage. It's a term that many of us have heard a lot about, probably from when we were young, the concept of how important it is to compromise in a marriage. But is it always a good thing in marriage to compromise? Should we be compromising all the time? Should we be compromising at all? Is that a recipe for disaster or for happiness? And if we should be, or if there's a successful way to do it, what does it look like? Compromise is a tricky, tricky phenomenon because the actual definition of the English definition for compromise is when two people make a concession, when two people concede and give in a little bit to reach an agreement. And it is vital, I'll say this straight out initially, in a healthy marriage to be able to compromise as a unit, for sure. There's no doubt about it. A part of marriage, I heard this actually from a therapist, that marriage is com- comprised of so many different skills, right? You have, to know how to, you have to know how to connect emotionally. You also have to know how to be good business partners because there's a lot that needs to get done. to have a healthy, happy marriage. There's a lot of daily mundane things that you need to accomplish together. You're sharing finances, you're sharing a home, and you have to work together to get it done or else one person is going to feel very resentful and alone. So that's a really big part of marriage and you're often not going to agree on how to do everything. But you're cherishing the business. The business is marriage, a beautiful, happy, healthy marriage. So you want to go about that in the best way possible 
to bring about joy and not tension and loneliness and pain. But there's something very key in what I said in the definition of compromise. And when you think of a business between two partners, is that there's a concession made by both parties. Now, it doesn't need to be even Steven. Sometimes one person is going to choose to concede more. And that's great. But the key here is when we're talking about compromise, we're talking about a situation where both parties' interests and values are taken into account. We're not talking about a situation where we're being mavata and we're just giving up on what we want. This is a situation where we feel strongly about something or we're invested in something, something bothers us or something matters to us. And we need to have a conversation. We're going to talk about how to do that. We need to address it because if we don't address it, then it creates this wedge in the relationship and it builds up something very toxic called resentment. A woman shared with me that she was struggling with this. She had been married probably close to 10 years and there were mundane things that her husband and her couldn't agree on. And she got to a point where she was just so angry and frustrated and hurt by the lack of ability to be on the same page. And it boggled my mind by some of her questions and some of her concerns, how it took this long for them to have a conversation to address the issue head on. Of course, I understand how it can happen, but I felt so sorry for them because they're both good people and they both obviously care for one another. But when those negative feelings build up over time and each person's value system, again, we're not talking about things that we can let go of. We're talking about things that really, really bother us or are important to us and they're not addressed. That can be very hurtful and very painful. But it's on us to understand that and to know how to come to the table and get to a place of healthy compromise. So let's jump in. What's fascinating about Dr. Gottman's method and Dr. Sue Johnson, who is another leading marriage therapist, we haven't spoken so much about her and we're going to get into her work as we progress, is that compromise is not something that's spoken about very often. It's spoken about, but from a much deeper perspective. Now that you know a little bit of my coaching model and my style, you could probably guess that compromise is the behavior that is required for good negotiation and working through problems. But what's going to inspire you to want to compromise with your husband, to want to give into something that matters to you? Or what's going to inspire your husband to want to give into you? It's going to be the foundation of the relationship and where it's at. It's the friendship. It's the connection. It's how you feel about each other. It's, are we on the same team? So we have to remember that before we discuss the nuances of the behavior and the skill set that compromise is and, and is necessary, to have in a relationship, I need to first make sure that my relationship is in a good place, that we are in a good place. So Hanukkah is just another opportunity. We spoke about this a lot by Sukkot and Pesach when I gave my workshop about Pesach to tap into the friendship of our marriage and to add joy and connection and positive moments so that when those moments that are necessary for us to come together and come to the table and say, okay, 
I don't agree on this and you like this. How are we going to figure this out? There is a connection there. There's a, like a, there's, we like each other. We're not just having an intellectual conversation. It makes it a lot more manageable. But there are lots of other dimensions as well when it comes to disagreements and compromise. So I want to bring in the research of Dr. Gottman, which is fascinating. So his research is amazing because it creates clarity. What's his research? He found that 69% of problems in marriages are not resolvable. So off the bat, you know that there are going to be differences and a lot of differences between you and your spouse that are not going to be easy, easy to rectify. They're not like quick fixes. Like, okay, you know, he pushes the toothpaste out and doesn't put it back in or she does and we'll just buy another one. That's an easy solution, right? We're talking about potential value differences. We're talking about personality differences. And this is going to be an issue for the rest of your life, Bezus Hashem. And that's how Hashem picks it. As we know, as, you know, uh, Torah Jews, this is your journey. Now, it's not a bad thing. That's how we grow in marriage. But knowing that is really important because, first of all, it takes away the pressure and the stress of, first, I need to convince my husband that my way is right and his way is wrong. It's not true. There's miles and chistronos to everything. There's pros and cons to everything. Let's take, for example, Shoshana and Donnie, okay? Shoshana is super punctual. She comes from a family where when they go to a party, they show up exactly on time. In terms of time management, that's something that she holds dear. And it's not just she's good at it. She values people's time and she respects it and she she thinks it's important. Now, her husband... Donnie comes from a much more laid back family and their perspective on time is that it's just a suggestion, right? So the family Hanukkah party is starting at five o'clock. You can show up at six and you can, you know, meander in and it's not set in stone. And that really, really bothers Shoshana. And this is going to be a point of contention in their marriage for the rest of their life. Now, does that mean they have to argue about it every time? Does that mean they have to have, you know, negative interactions every time it comes up, eye rolling, sarcasm, blame, all that stuff that is toxic in a relationship, um, shutting down, raising voices, getting angry, you know, all, all of the things that we resort to in moments of stress and when we feel like our values don't matter and we're frustrated, of course not. And we hope that that's not the reaction. So if if we're going to first accept that that there are going to be differences that we're not going to change, then they're not going to go away. They're going to come up in our life. Then we have to figure out how we're going to manage them. That's the key. We're not getting rid of them, but we can resolve them. We can't solve them, but we can resolve the way we handle them. And a good marriage looks like that. A good marriage is what a couple is able to grow in their ability to cope with their differences. Not negate them, not push them under the rug, and not have it, no differences, because that's not possible. In fact, people who think that, you know, if only I would have married someone like this, if only I would have married someone like that, 
yes, they might not have this problem of time management or they might have, you know, they might, whatever fill in the blank, the big differences between your cleanliness, um, you know, might be different, but they'll have other, they'll have another set. Dr. Gottman says, don't worry, you'll inherit another set of irresolvable conflict because that's how marriage is. And we know as, you know, my meaning as people that believe in HaKadosh Baruch Hu and everything is here for us to grow and become the greatest version of ourselves, it makes so much sense because marriage is a catalyst for growth and the ultimate growth of self-actualization. And that's what propels that when you are having to live a life and wanting to live a life of joy alongside someone where often you will disagree and see things differently than them. Let's take something that's not personality. As I mentioned, cleanliness, it's another one, right? Where you often have two people who very much not just are different in the way that they maintain the order of their stuff. Sometimes it's a value, right? Sometimes it's like, I like when things are disorganized or not have to be put back in a certain spot because it makes me feel at home. I don't relate to that, but there are people like that I've heard. And some people, you know, for them, law and order, like it's just, that's, their semblance of calm and peace. So it's a balance. But something that might ring home a little more, especially this time, getting close to Hanukkah and all the expenses, you know, collections for our children and um, presents, or if you give money or, you know, it's just, it's always a fun time. And, you know, often that equals uh, financial strain somewhat. But Couples' views on finances are often different from one another. You often have one person who is more frivolous and a little not not frivolous, but a little more wants to be more giving and generous to themselves, to their children, and you often have one who is more frugal. And again, this is really important. We're gonna do a lot of different exercises in another episode about money. It's a whole conversation of itself. But in the scope of compromise, it's important to realize the first point I'm making, and I think it's really important to process this, is that it's okay that we're not on the same page. And that's normal. And it's very, it's actually very healthy. And it's a great balance. Because if you were both obsessed with the same way of living and the same viewpoint, it's a very boring and narrow way of living. And you both would not sort of change and grow a little bit in your thinking. And that's the beauty and the awesomeness of marriage is that if you do this right, then you get to see the merit of the other person and their perspective. And I think it's very cool because I've seen couples change each other and be like shocked at personality changes and even value changes because over time they've worked through this and and they've allowed the other person to sort of shift their narrow-minded focus. And we all are narrow-minded. I'm narrow-minded. I think my way is the right way and the best way. That's just how we are wired. Okay, so now that we know that it's normal to disagree and it's normal to have differences, so then of course we're going to have to compromise. Of course we're going to have to concede. So how do we do this? How do we move from feeling passionate or strongly about a certain position or connected to a certain aspect of our personality and move away from that so that we can reach an agreement? When we are in a place, we started off saying our relationship is solid. There's a friendship there. There's a connection. 
right? I care about you. You care about me. We're on the same team. That has to be there, right? You can't come to a conversation in a situation where you disagree and already feel threatened and already feel resentful. It's going to not end well, okay? So you want to get yourself back to that place. And if you want ideas of how to do that, you can reach out and we could discuss or you can listen to previous podcasts. Once that's done, there needs to be another step. And this is where, again, growth happens. And some of us didn't learn the art of this growing up or in our culture. And that is listening, understanding, listening for understanding, not to attack, not to refute, not to debate. I want to listen to your perspective so that I can understand where you're coming from. And to be able to articulate our own perspective, but really articulate it. So in order to do that, we really have to understand where we're coming from. Why does it matter so much to me to fill in the blank, to have a clean house or that, you know, I don't like things lying around or that, you know what, I actually don't want to have everything in order in a specific spot. I'm just playing both sides of the same coin. Or why does it matter to me that we have we're not so cheap with the Hanukkah presents. I want to spend more money or the opposite. It stresses me out and it makes me feel so anxious. I feel irresponsible. So we want to think before we go to that conversation and we want to, we want to make sure we have that conversation, not in the heat of the moment, because that's not going to go well. And we want to be self-aware about what, why it matters to us, but we also need to be able to listen and listen for the sake of understanding. I want to get to know you. I want to understand you. I want to hear where you're coming from. I might not agree with you at the end of the day, but this is your spouse. You married this person. So clearly you respect them. You value their opinion and their intelligence and you care for them. So we need to go back to that and we need to take away our own triggers because we get obsessed with the way that we view it. And it has to be this way. It has to be the way I see it. Because sometimes when we don't get that, it makes us feel unsafe or out of control. Relax. You're not giving into anything yet. You're just trying to understand your spouse. And then in return, you can ask for them to listen to your perspective. And it could be a very bonding conversation. I actually remember when we were newly married and on Sundays, My husband and I had a very different definition of what Sunday should be. I wanted to get things done. I wanted the house in order. I want all the shopping for the week done so that I can go into the week calmly and not have to worry about what we needed, any household chores that needed to be done, any building or stuff around the house I wanted him to do or whatever to hire for help. And I remember he had a very different definition He wanted it to be a bonding day. Like, let's just chill. I worked the whole week and let's hang out. Let's go out. Let's do something. Maybe he'll have extra time to learn. And it was, it started to get to me. So we spoke about it and I, I, you know, was in a good, clear space. It wasn't in the moment. I said, I noticed how you spend your Sundays or when I ask you to do things, I'm often pulling you away from maybe, you know, doing something like a hobby of yours. And it was fascinating. And he said, what do you mean? Like, that's what Sundays are for. That's, I want to spend time together. I want to spend time with myself. I want to do things that I want to do. And I'm like, what do you mean? That's not how it was growing up in my house. Sundays were a day we got things done. And we just sat and we talked about it. 
And it was a really good conversation because first of all, it gave me a new perspective. It takes away the personalization of the whole thing, by the way, which is huge. We often personalize what our spouse does and it's, oh, they don't, they don't care about what I want. They have, they're so, they're so selfish. They're so wrapped in their own world. It's nothing to do with that. It has to do with his own perspective. It's totally different than mine. And once we were able to come to that understanding, ah, so then we get to the, the, the compromise. So then we both have to find a way to concede. It can't be the whole day is what I want because he has this vision of what Sunday means to him. And I get that. I might have a very different perspective, but I could understand where he's coming from. It's not an insane perspective. So I need to figure out where I can concede and ask him to listen and do the same. And say, you know what, I hear that. If that's how she views, you know, how the day should go and makes her feel good, let's figure out how we can bridge the gap. And it's funny now, I feel like um, I've come the other uh, around the other end and I'm the one who's like, okay, what are we doing? It's Sunday. What, what fun activity are we doing, right? I'm, I, I still am who I am and I love getting things done on Sunday. But that's the beauty of a good marriage, but as Rosh Hashem, is that you influence each other. But those type of conversations are so crucial. And the way you have that conversation is going to dictate how the compromising is going to go, if it's going to go and if it's going to end well. Now, that doesn't mean every time you want to compromise on something, you have to have a DMC, a deep, meaningful conversation. There's going to be smaller things that don't matter so much to you. And we have to look for those because we don't want to be constantly like holding on to our position just because you know, we can let go of things. I'm talking about bigger things. I'm talking about things that really do matter to us. I think this is a really good opportunity to work on this over Hanukkah. Now, this might sound a little strange because Hanukkah is super busy. Hanukkah is also a time of miracles. It's a time where we can ask Hashem for Nisim. We know that every time of year when there's a Chag, a Yom Tov, or a special Zman, we plug into that time. And this time is a time that Hashem invested a tremendous amount of nisim, of lamala manateva. Things happen that were above nature. So we have this power, this koach, that we can hopefully, hopefully we'll see it in the world, but also in our own personal growth and in our marriages. Perhaps we're, we're finding that we are stuck in a certain place and we're not getting to an understanding. It's not so easy to always understand the other person when it's something that really matters to me. But maybe this is something that, this is a conversation that we can have. Maybe we can work towards having it after Hanukkah or getting ourselves into a place where we feel like, you know what, I want to stretch myself and I want to do this. We keep arguing in our own way about this value or this difference and we haven't really resolved it. It keeps coming up. Don't be afraid to try. And you can set up rules about how you're going to have the conversation and if it goes a certain way that you're going to end it, there's a lot, a lot here to unpack and we're going to discuss it at length more. But for, for right now, know that it's normal and it's healthy to have differences in a relationship. It's what makes you each individual and unique. And it's an awesome part about marriage because you get to be together and work together and change and grow and become the better version of yourself. So I wish you all a beautiful Hanukkah. But before you go, so as I mentioned in the beginning, we are expecting Shatova Muslachas, our second child, um, very soon, Amir Tashem. So I don't know exactly what my schedule is going to be. Um, over the span of my maternity leave, Amir Tashem 
I hope to be releasing some content. I'm not sure yet what it's going to look like. It's very possible I might be doing more writing. So if you have not signed up for my email list, please go to my website, malkaclaver.com. Just click the box that says, please add me to your email list and you will get my emails. I might be sending out short audio clips, um, on my meaning putting them on my podcast a lot shorter than what I'm doing now. I may just do like a question answer session. Either way, make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast if you're not already. This way you will get updated when new episodes and new clips are uploaded. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. It's a journey. It's a process. I definitely, definitely don't want to lose touch with all of you. I'm so excited about this community and all that we've done together. Let's keep adding to it. Let's keep building it. Keep sending feedback. And the questions and comments mean so much. And please share it with anyone else who could benefit. Have a wonderful, meaningful, and uplifting conduct, everybody. Until then, happy marriages, ladies.